Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can stay employed because our bosses would never allow us to come before you, the public, every week with our free assessment of six, typically, quality typically. value ideas. Well, sometimes there's more than six. Sometimes, sometimes we... Uh, That's rare nowadays. Well, okay. Anyway, there aren't many people that are providing that much content on it's a weekend and so week out, week after week. <laughs> <laughs> Before we begin, though, we need to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have other conflicts, That's although we have, we have absolutely no affiliation with uh, Value Line. Um, and we may not know anything about what we're talking about because, uh, well, frankly, it just you know, it's hard to know so something much about, about stocks, every so, stock that there I is. Say? So um, before we go on, I want to remind everybody to visit our website for a raft of other caveats that you'll find at thevalueguys.com, including in also pictures and biographical information and a whole lot of other wonderful stuff. So please do that. In the second half of the show, I, survey there. Vern Value, I'm going to be back with three Vernish ideas. Oh, God. But first, we're going to turn the show over to the prancing PM. Val Hughes. Okay, no comment. Well, that wasn't your. What, one what of your was that you were ones. doing earlier? I don't know. What were were you were you sleeping I, again? I, were you dreaming I, well, again? You were, Come I, on, it man. Looked an awful lot like prancing uh, or that was after that was after several cocktails and uh, it was the weekend. Well, so maybe that was the other day. Anyway, I've got three terrific. Eh, who knows? Maybe they're just medium uh, value ideas this week. I did a little less work than I was hoping to because I'm very sleepy. I don't think that's possible. I've been traveling a lot, and uh, and so I'm a little tired. Um, but what, not cranky. I'm very impressed. No, no. Well, the the, the beverages take care of that. And take the edge, and smooth the cranky well right off. I'm okay. feeding myself, that's so good. that helps. That's good. Uh, but this week, you know, quite honestly, I just want to be candid. I didn't even get all the way through the list. You I just sort of didn't get out of the specialty chemicals. Well, industry. all my stocks are like four pages apart. I just I got to a part of the this week's value line and I just liked it and I dug in. It's a lot of specialty chemicals where I think there's an argument that they're just uh, able to pass through cost increases. Some they're of these able to get their annuities. price. Yeah, they're annuities. So um, let me see this for a minute. I have a, I want to say. Um, you know, oil, there's certainly some deals in energy. I did look at the coal companies, and I own some coal. Um, and, you know, I would, I would point out that uh, you might want to do a little work on uh, alpha natural resources. If, it looks, if they're in the seaborne coal business, that's where you want to be, what? not I'm in the domestic market. I'm just trying to market. have a conversation here. Wasn't trying to, I'm just trying to pass along well, some I, insight okay. to our listeners. So that's insight. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Insight. So coal, I just I didn't get to it though. It was it was a little late in the in this week's edition. So a couple specialty chemical companies. Let me just get right into it before I fall asleep. I'm feeling very sleepy this week. Page four sixty six, Ecolab ticker ECL. Uh, my theme on this one is, I know it's not cheap, but okay. Yep, value Line likes and it. The, well, and also Value Line likes it, which, you know, I don't know why. It's rare that we agree with, or I agree with Value Line. But in this case, uh, what I like is they've got an annuity business in the sense that what they provide to customers is 
yeah, they say they're selling, you know, sanitizing equipment, pest elimination, uh, chemicals, yeah, they're, they're cleaners. They're selling health and safety. Or they're selling, like what they're selling is um, containers to hold all this stuff that saves labor costs. So they, every few years, are coming up with some kind of container that lets a worker unload it quicker, load it faster. They have bigger sizes. The labor has the to come less often. container to hold often. what stuff? The cleaner or whatever, the sanitizer, the whatever okay. it is. And so, and then they make a specific... So they're in the soap business. I don't know. Hold your questions. Okay. And so then they, they basically create a package that only fits with their machine, and they charge a little premium for it, and the customer is saving labor, and they get into this cozy annuity that uh, you know means you can even sell something at break-even in year one, and over the course of the relationship, which could last for 10, 12 years, uh, you make an enormous profit per customer. And now I am taking questions, Vern. Please. Why wouldn't it last longer than 10 or 12 years? Well, it certainly could. Did they I mean, just I get think, tired of I each think other negative questions point, are always the, uh, it could be answered incorrectly, what have you. But what happens is if you look at the average length of a customer in this business, so not speculate, but measure, um, they last, you know, in the 10, 12-year range, which means half are in the 20-year and some are in the one-year. I see. You know, it's the average. So that's pretty long. And their Even business in our business, what exactly? What? You didn't explain what the business is exactly. They sell all kinds of cleaning equipment, sanitizing. Like if you go into a bathroom at a restaurant and there, there's soap, it's quite likely theirs. Or towels or the stuff that, uh, you know, um, people use to clean up spaces in fast food and hospitals. So, so big institutional, institutional business. business. It's not all consumer. Yeah, no, no, like it's that. very little consumer. There's salespeople that go and call on all the businesses that need to have, you know, things cleaned. And they have dominant Basically. market share, so they have yeah, a permanent probably, competitive advantage. I don't know, Vern. You're or... filled with questions, but I... I wish I could answer them. The point is they've got a I lot of years of, of strong margin. They sell an annuity, and you're getting to buy it right now cheaper than it hardly ever gets. It's selling at about, uh, well... A 22% premium. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of that. Let me look at the enterprise value to EBITDA 10. It's really? like uh, 11 billion. It's going to be like 12 I do times, this, I bet you. Uh, 1.2. Yeah, it's nine times. So I'm going to see that really? as an 11% cash on cash. Value line thinks they'll grow 11%. So cash on cash is 11 Growth is 11. To me, that's a low 20s percent return. And here's another way to look at this thing. When you look at some companies with high multiples, the reason not to pay it is because of event risk or market share loss risk or something that says they're not going to maintain the annuity that's built into the multiple. On one big yeah, in this case, the, f the fact is their products really don't cost much compared to the budget of whoever it is they're selling. So they have nice, friendly salespeople. They've got a relationship, and they sell productivity for the customer's own labor force, which is a competitive sell, and then they match anyone on price knowing they'll make it up over the years of the relationship. So I like that a lot. Ecolab, page 466. There's frankly some commentary here by Value Line. Let me summarize. Things are tough. Hope to get better next year. Okay. Ecolab. That's why it's cheap. Next up, International Flavors and Fragrances, uh, page 469. This is another very similar situation to Ecolab where it's just value added on some product. So they're selling the fragrances. I have talked about this before. The fragrances that go into a whole host of foods and also into 
um, you know, cosmetics and perfumes and such. Yeah, they Their create, mix has they been shifted. They create the product differentiation, right? They are the product differentiator. They have a pretty high return on capital as a result. It's been coming down over history in part because I think their business is moving a little bit more toward uh, fragrances and luxuries had some pressure. But in food, you know, they are the essence of some of these products, and some of them are long annuities. You've got to look at this as two businesses. One business is they put the flavor in McDonald's French fries. That's not going anywhere. That's an annuity. And the other is, you know, they've put the fragrance in this year's hit perfume that may not have a big annuity. So it's a mix, and they've been shifting toward perfume, um, but it's still a great business, 30% return on equity. They're selling at eight times EBITDA right now, which, again, I'll look at the inverse. Yeah, this one's actually 10. One over. I'm, we're doing the math differently on that one. Um, I'm using a different number than you are. <laughs> I'm using mathematics. I'm using my own. I have my own estimates, Vern. <laughs> oh, That's I all. See. I have my the own estimates. estimates. Are too low. Yeah, okay. exactly. Up margins on down they sales, but they're too right. low. Right. Okay. Well, what they've got, if you want to get back to Ecolab, is that they have a margin that's high enough that when you need to take costs down, um, you know, it's easy to find overhead, travel, you know, um, you all kinds of things margin, you can. Okay. Yeah, you can protect operating margins somewhat in those hmm. businesses. And a big, you know, cost is variable with the sales force, and so. That helps as well. But international flavors is the same. They just sell into a slightly different market, but it's high value add. It's eight times EBITDA. Their growth rate, according to Value Line, is going to be a little slower. They don't have the productivity story that Ecolab has with its yeah, but customers. They got a terrific return on capital, don't they? Well, low teens. Uh, I don't. Let me, let me see this thing. I think Ecolab actually has higher returns on capital. Uh, but they don't use as much leverage as IFF, and so they've got lower returns on yeah. equity. But they're both just great businesses that, you know, are going to weather the storm. They add the, uh, the, you know, the wow factor in a lot of products, and it's stable. They put up a 2.9% yield. Most years, this thing gets to two times sales per share, and so, uh, you know, Value Line says they're going to put 33 bucks a share up next year. The stock's 34. Most years on that sales level, they'd be at 66, 68, and margins haven't eroded that much. So I do think that in a little better time, part of the decline here is just the fear that consumer products are, you know, not going to grow this year, and they're not. Their comps are negative, et cetera. But if you study past recessions, that's pretty normal for a recession, which is what we're in. So that'll turn around. And finally, another similar company, Lubrizol, page 470. It's a couple pages away. Uh, Value Line rates this one, and I think the reason is it has been showing some positive uh, price momentum, which they tend to like. Uh, but what I'm attracted to as a value investor is simply that it's selling at the lowest relative P.E. on the page. And that's one of the few value metrics that Value Line gives. And so it's below all the numbers on the page. The numbers are averages, which means that this thing could get... You know, it could be up 40, 50% to move toward the high end of a typical price range this year. It's 10 times earnings. They put up 15%, 14% returns on capital. They lever it a little bit. High teens, low 20s return on equity. Uh, they're selling at six times EBITDA. And again, you know, we're seeing negative comps in a lot of areas that these companies serve. These guys do, uh, you know, specialty chemicals that go into the transportation, obviously cars, industry, consumer markets. They've got brands. And so the brand will protect you here. They get shelf space. They have a position, I think, with customers that's going to be hard to replace simply because, again, their event risk is low. What can go wrong 
with Lubrizol. It's not like your image of their brand is going to turn negative because what? Something happens in your to your engine or something and you blame it on the Lubrizol. So once, you know, they own a spot, uh, you know, a, a, a place in terms of your view of them in a, in a market. It's, it's got to be one of the display. oldest brands around. I think so. I mean, I don't know, but... Um, well, but think, I mean, how you many know, race cars have you it seen? It goes with back. They, they do them. put a lot of money into uh, advertising and support the brand, but they're putting up great returns on capital. They levered a little bit. Uh, great valuation right now. Valine says they're going to grow earnings at 15% going forward. Now, that might be a little low, a little high. I might not go that high. But if I'm getting a 16% cash on cash return, um, with a six times EBITDA, just do the inverse. And I'm going to add, you know, 10, 15% earnings growth back to that. This is a mid 20s return sort of situation. They pay a little bit of a yield. And then here, Value Line has some commentary here. And basically, these guys have shown up earnings in a down revenue year. They've been cutting expenses. And again, just like I was mentioning, there's a lot of excess SGNA that I think can come out of a company like this uh, that provides a cushion in downtime. It's just, you know, travel expenses, uh, uh, salesman commissions, things like that. And again, um, you know, that's bound to come back as the economy comes back. According to Value Line, business has been, let's face it, kind of tough. But they've actually been raising their estimates just recently because of the cost cuts. So this one is surprising people on the margin side, and yet the stock hasn't really caught up to the old levels. I think, frankly, with the run it's had, it got down to around 23. It's at 61 now. I think some people are just having trouble buying it when it's risen so much. But that's just a sign of how cheap it got. It just really got the stock back yeah. on more like trend. Yeah, like. exactly, more like trend. And I think you just step in and buy it here. Uh, that's really all I have, Vern. Pretty sleepy. So I don't know how much value that was well, for I'm, the people. Well, I'm happy to take over. So, yeah, so with, uh, with a lot of ado this week, because you came over to my, Little beverage break there. my place. Uh, earn value. Earn. <clears throat> Take it away. Thanks, Val. First name. Well, you know, I did the same thing you did. I looked at this week, and it's all about energy, except for a wireless networking industry that they've put together that has a lot of RFID and uh, Wi-Fi build out, etc. In it, um, hard to find a lot of value there. But I actually um, dug around, and I think I got an interesting rebounding economy story. You know, as an underlying principle right now, I think I'm more attracted to companies that have relatively greater exposure to the U.S. economy because we, you know, the, the system that we use, the brand of capitalism that we operate, tends to reward risk-taking. Um, we're, we're hopeful that the current administration, you know, won't... Uh, we, um, we, me and a, I think a lot of other Americans... Are, who are they, though? They shall remain nameless. I think you should just step up to your own opinion. Oh, well, I'll just say hi. Yeah, I hope that's that what I would do. current administration doesn't um, um, get talked into doing things that uh, are too damaging to uh, growth prospects going forward uh, in the name of helping everybody uh, in terms of quality of life. I'm you know, sure we can all support that to some level, but... Uh, and, and, and without, you know, if we, if we pretty much have sort of a normal recovery without anything unusual getting in the way. We, I mean, we've had a tremendous amount of liquidity injected in the system. Federal government spending money in a big way. There should be a lot of pent-up growth being built into the American miracle. 
and it's not quite clear that you have the same forces at work in Europe. And without those two, you know, very large existing markets, um, it's going to be hard to see how, you know, the, the world economy can grow well. So I want more exposure to America, little little wow, less concerned Bird. about what, what's, uh, being elsewhere. Wow. So this American is, miracle. What's going on with well, you? Well, yeah, this all three of my stocks are heavily weighted towards the U.S. in terms of our. You know, they our serve. advantage is uh, it was tax rates. People came here so they didn't have to pay taxes when they got here. Taxes were zero, and they were high over in the countries they came from. That was a few hundred years ago. Well, tax rates haven't changed yet. Well, no, they, so. we've lost our advantage. I think Eastern Europe has lower tax rates. A lot of countries have way well, lower. Many, many do. And in yeah. business, no, it, I mean, it's... That's uh, why I issued my cautionary uh, caveat. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got... It's a, uh, you know, a C squared, a cautionary caveat. Yeah. So, wow. um, first name, American Vanguard, is in this same specialty chemical space, from what I can tell, it's based in California. There's no mention of any international business. Maybe there's some, but good grief, the name is American Vanguard. Um, I think it's one of these great old brands. In the, they're in the diversified specialty and ag products industry. Uh, chemicals for crop protection, turf and ornamentals management. So that means really corporate profits and public and animal health. So there's a public sector piece, an ag piece, and a corporate profitability piece. So some nice diversification. If the U.S. economy is going to pick up, I'm going to get some help from the corporate profits-driven turf and ornamentals business. We know public and animal health spending is going up, so that really just leaves ag as a wild card. A um, little uncertainty in the ag industry right now, but I like the fact that uh, a lot of the ag-exposed uh, names have sold off hard uh, in uh, recent weeks. And uh, so uh, American Vanguard at about 8.5 bucks is like one times revenue. It's been a, just a dog of a stock this year, high 16. Like I say, it's trading near its lows, just a little above 8 bucks. This is less than nine times cash flow. There's some weird history here, I can tell. So I would recommend some homework here, but in... 2005 to 2006, their debt went up by about $50 million. This is a company with less than $200 million in revenue. So whatever happened was kind of a big deal. And their return on capital went from running in the mid-teens to more like 10%. But operating margins went from low teens to high teens and 20%. So there was a trade-off made here in terms of the composition of the company. And so it's hard for me to rule really on Value Line's growth uh, uh, growth estimates, but this is a business that uh, has an independent distribution channel where uh, inventory has been shrinking, so that's aggravated the uh, retail trends in the marketplace, so I think there's some pent-up improvement there. There may be some housing exposure as well in this turf business. Uh, Value Line talks about some opportunities to gain share and to augment gross margins with uh, some contract and tolling arrangements, so people would be buying... Uh, some of their equipment capacity for unrelated products, and they, they just get better equipment utilization. Anything really that they charge that's above marginal cost is, uh, uh, is an attractive proposition. So it uh, looks like a very interesting situation. Value line rates at a 5, but there's uh, 15 years of history on this page, and it looks like they never lose money, and they basically grow in almost any environment. So take a look at American Vanguard AVD. Uh, the other name that I picked out of the uh, specialty chemical industry, and uh, this is a name I think you've done in the past, is RPM. 
I have. Which you just have to love for the, the, the symbol, right? But this is really, I mean, I think this one's like falling off a log. This is... This stock Falling is yielding five. I think it's just so easy to pick this stock. I, you know, I looked at that. It looked expensive. It's yielding over. Trouble. It's yielding five yeah, percent or a little, just a little out. under. That's all they have. They have no juice. Well, it's fifty uh, percent of normalized earnings and seventy-five percent of currently cyclically depressed. Because earnings. they do a lot of the same stuff that the like. Uh, Ecolab. Well, this is industri- in two-thirds yeah. industrial, one-third consumer. Yeah, a whole bunch of names that. You know, like uh, Rust-Oleum and DAP and Zinther and Bondo that are clearly uh, North American brands are familiar to all of us. These other stocks look cheaper to me. That's all. That's why I didn't do it. This is nine times EBITDA with EBITDA uh, with margins down by about 25, uh, a quarter from where they were before. Return on capital. And sales down 10%. Return on capital runs. It's been running uh, in excess of 10% for the last three years. But not 11%. Uh, the last two years, mm-hmm. they levered a little yeah, bit and get uh, eighteen well. to twenty percent for share, shareholders' equity. I don't mean I, this to be is just, uh, They have some exposure to weatherization money in the stimulus package. Value lines, you know, they rated a, a three because they see no growth, but the company doubled between ninety-seven and two thousand seven. So I and I think mostly, uh, you know, a little combination of little bolt-on deals and organic growth. So. I, you got to, I mean, just put this away. And at what some about, point, the U.S. Yeah, economy uh, will lift and the stock will get some capital appreciation to go with this 5% yield. And you'll cheaper. be really glad you. This is the kind of stock that, you know, everybody wants in a, a portfolio. Dependable. Everybody wants it? Yeah. Dividend. Well, why would I want it? I just that price why in. If every, want it. But if everybody wants it, won't that push it to, won't, won't that raise oh, the I price? just, for some reason, they don't seem to realize that it is the stock they all want to own. I see. And I'm going to go door to door to make sure it's higher that than everybody. It, it's you know, above average. There's it's a box of Girl valuation. I look for that. every every potential shareholder. It's above its average. Who will listen above, to my case for? Well, it's above. It's above its average. It's trading valuation. at 90% of the market PE. But look where it usually trades. Well, for the last eight years, uh, it's been about three quarters of a market PE. Right. So, it's but that's with quite earnings above growing, where, not with earnings right, cyclically depressed. Whatever. The last time earnings took a hit like this, it traded at one times. You wouldn't see me recommending a stock like this. This thing so is I'm at sixty percent of revenue. It's higher than it tends and to trade. And their operating That's margins soft. are more I than ten percent. I don't know 10%. anything about it. It just looks expensive. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. How many times have you owned RPM? I never. Uh, one time. Oh. <laughs> one time. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate. Long time and, ago. and our listeners appreciate your honesty. They probably have all okay, switched so off by American now. American Vanguard. I don't think this is our best show, Vern. I don't know. I'm RPM. I think RPM is better than anything you had. Are it? you kidding me? Okay. So last You're name that we're going to talk joke. about this what? week. Ecolab. It's like 12 it times EBITDA because you have a magic stock. calculator. It kicks that stock all to hell. Now here's a name. Me? My last one is, uh, you know, when an economy is recovering, if it really does... And things work out where the porridge just tastes just right, or is just the right temperature. Then that's an edgy metaphor. Sort of, wow. you know, commodity producers that are kind of crappy little companies that you wonder why they still exist. It, they do better than anything else. So I like the idea of early in a, you know, the recession's ending, buy something that. If if it goes up, it'll go up a lot on a relative basis. Uh, so I'm talking about a company called Intermec. The symbol is IN. This used to be one of the uh, – this was the growth business in 
the Litton Industries industrial business, which became Western Atlas when they spun it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you uh-huh. don't you, you, <laughs> you bought, No, now that reason. You bore me now. with this arcane history of companies every week. No, and I do Now not. the shoe's on the other I'm foot. I'm not boring And I, I pull out Litton Industries from the mid-60s, uh-huh. and suddenly no. you're too good for this kind no, of thing. No, I just, who, I, of course I knew that. This stock uh, has been uh, doing nothing but underperforming for the last four and a half years. Uh, in other words, uh, after the economy starts to grow and things actually are better and you have to perform, that's when it runs out of gas. But this thing almost went out of business last recession and ended up doing some kind of a like 2 to 38 move before the story was over. So recently at $14, no debt, okay? So I don't think liquidity is a problem in the short term. They have two, over $200 million of Cash on the balance sheet, according to Value Line, that's three sixty nine a share. So this is closer to a ten dollars stock that was some cost cutting in reaction to a 20, 24, 25 percent revenue decline this year is taking out a bunch of cost. According to Value Line, can earn EBITDA of something like forty million next year. Right now, the enterprise value is about six hundred twenty million. Looks like just you know repeating the business plan from last cycle would get me to. Uh, 63 million of EBITDA or a 10 times valuation. But this company has been pouring money into RFID for the last five years. So profitability has been artificially depressed. They're ready to move into harvest mode. They Radio introduced frequency. new mobile printers and new, uh, new mobile computers in, uh, in uh, the last quarter or quarter two. And uh, now the, now's the time that you want to own the stock because the numbers have looked bad. Now, I wish I knew more what the level of uh, uh, R&D expenses are here. And the U.S. is less than 60% of revenue. Europe is 27% according to Value Line. So mix is a less than perfect. So I'm telling you, this is something I want you, you should do some homework on. But I think it has the potential to really pop. It also looks like a good acquisition candidate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go through the next cycle, this company probably too small to really compete against Zebra, some other names in the space, but they'll screw up the market for everybody else trying to hang on to their large customers uh, with uh, uh, really a, uh, a, a, an uncompetitive uh, scale. So um, looks like an acquisition candidate as well. Buyer would be after um, would be after the cash on the balance sheet and the customer base. Uh, at Intermec IN. And uh, so, a little risky. I think RPM, you know, stomps anything. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And with the few seconds remaining, what's your favorite idea this uh, week? Lubrizol. Oh, the clone of RPM Lubrizol with and, less uh, yield. Nice call on Marvel, by the way, Vern. Oh, thanks for that. One. Appreciate right. it. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week.